0: Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. We're produced by Jack Connell, musical producer, my son, Sam Brandt. That's the music here under us, Boy Blue at Spotify. And we are presented, as always, by DraftKings. We try to bring you a unique podcast with my experience, my insights, my practical perspective on what's going on in sports, primarily the NFL with my background there, but also all sports and all business news. I hope you get this bite-sized bite of information and goodness throughout that holds you through the week. We go about a half hour when I rant like this. My branch rants for the business of sports. So let's just get going. And we start with not the NFL, not the NBA, not National Hockey League, not Major League Baseball, not Major League Soccer. We start with the W-W-E. This is such a big sports business story. I'm going to put it ahead of the NFL playoffs because I think it signals a change in sports media and sports broadcasting that we've hinted about all many podcasts. But now let's say this is a moment. It is a moment because Netflix has jumped in. Netflix, who is a digital media giant that we have not talked about much when it comes to sports media, is now in. And they're in with the WWE, as I said. They're not in with a major sports league, with a team sports league. They're not in with tennis. They're not in with golf. Although they have been in other ways, they're jumping in with WWE. So here's the facts. The deal is a 10-year deal, and it's going to stream their weekly show, Raw, which has been on USA Network. That starts not for another year, so January 2025. And then they'll get into all the other WWE properties, and these are things I'm not a huge fan, so I had to look them up. SmackDown, the WrestleMania, the SummerSlam, the Royal Rumble, and then of course as with all their programming in sports they're going to do a behind the scenes documentary docu series about the wwe we've seen that with so many others so let's recap netflix's ventures into sports they have not been rights they have not been for live rights fees they have stayed away from that game they have been doing these made for docu series following the sport, getting people interested in the personal sides of sports. What do we know? We know the drive to survive that got many fans like this one into Formula One that had never paid attention before. Then they did one on golf, full swing, right at the cusp of the Live Tour, making waves with the PGA Tour. Then they did one on tennis, which I appreciated and followed, uh, called, I believe it was point break or break point. Now they're doing one on the NASCAR, a documentary project. Then they did one on quarterback along with Peyton Manning's Omaha productions. And last year featured Pat Mahomes, Kirk cousins and Marcus Mariota, who knows is going to be involved this year. They're talking about doing one in the NBA. Uh, and I think LeBron's company is involved along with Peyton's company. I'm, Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe I don't know if Netflix is involved with that, but Netflix has been heavily involved in sports, but not in live rights. Now they are. So again, why have they not gotten involved with live rights? Well, listening to their co COO at a conference last year, it was very notable what he said, Ted Sarandis. It was at a conference where he just said something like, we're not anti-sports. We're just pro-profit. And that comment struck me because it seemed to reinforce Netflix's long held stance that the sports right fees are going out of control, we're not going to get involved. But this emanates from some different thinking. Remember that TKO, TKO Holdings is now the result of a merger between WWE and the UFC but it's scripted, right? The WWE is scripted. It's serialized. There are elements, it's entertainment, sports, and that's what we're dealing with here. So when I say getting involved in live rights, it is live, but it is scripted. So what we're going to see is that Netflix is jumping in mm, sort of, but here's the numbers. $5 billion over 10 years doing the quick math. That's 500 million a year. That is chump change compared to NFL and is going to be small compared to NBA. Even things like Big Ten football get much more media rights than that. But Netflix is in. There's the big news because we've waited for this, right? Who's gotten in? Amazon. They're big in. Now they've got Thursday Night Football. We don't even bat an eye. We know that Thursday Night Football is going to be streamed on Amazon. What did we just see? NBC Peacock getting in. Wild Card Weekend, I think, and I stated it last week, that's going to be a Wild Card Weekend game going forward as a staple of NFL programming every year. I think taking it to Divisional Round Weekend right now is a bridge too far, but streaming. Wild Card Weekend, that has gone to Peacock. What else have we seen? Apple. Apple jumping in with MLS with a little tiny bit of MLB as well, and they're the only only purveyor of mls right now the ms mls league pass with apple and the messy deal etc we've seen yahoo get involved with streaming we obviously see google involved because youtube has the sunday ticket so everyone's out there in terms of these digital media giants that are taking over but netflix hasn't jumped in until now so that's why i wanted to lead with this it has been on the sidelines for kind of bigger deals. The docu series great, and people are rumoring that they're going to get involved with the NBA in season tournament. We'll see. That seems like a nice little venture for Netflix. But this is big. This is a bigger bet than what we've seen from Netflix so far. Five billion dollars, ten years, WWE, Raw, and all the other uh, things involved with that. So. It's sports entertainment. It's 52 weeks a year. It's going to take a year because that's when the old contracts run out and it's going to be a new deal. What does WWE get? Well, they get half a billion dollars, but more importantly, they get access to 260 million global subscribers with Netflix, the most of any streaming network. And the number is still growing that audience explains why there's been so much interest from me and everyone else on what were the aspirations for Netflix in sports, even as it continued to balk at paying the large-scale rights fees. So we'll see what's going to happen next, but USA is going to be no longer. It's Netflix. Netflix gets WWE scripted programming 52 weeks a year, plus these other big events, And of course WWE gets 500 million a year plus an access, which is all what it's all about now to this 260 million subscribers. It, listen, this is a little bit like the live PGA story. We're just breaking it now. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. This is gonna have a lot of tentacles. We're gonna hear much more about it. I would think I'll be talking about this more and more as we go forward, but huge, news in the business of sports today an, an announcement with Netflix and WWE. I just think it's huge. And my final point is this is going to sort of put more, I guess, I don't know, not nails in the coffin. We're not there yet, but nor pressure and problems for legacy media. And I'll talk about sports illustrated at the end of the podcast and my situation there but you know legacy media this is another property lost right so the espn fox cbs usa this is a property lost to streaming so what do we have so far we we have thursday night football lost streaming is it ever going to come back i don't think so to to sort of legacy media no we've lost mls is that ever going to come back probably not we've lost uh, a game on divisional round weekend in the NFL. We've lost some major league baseball games uh, that are Facebook or whatever it was. Okay, we'll lose more with the new NBA deal where the NBA Amazon will probably take over a night just like TNT has now. It's coming, guys. Adapt or die, as Billy Bean said in Moneyball. I mean, this is coming. So the ESPNs of the world are going to start having less and less live events which means less and less subscribers, which means less of a business. It's not going to put to death now to ESPN or anything. It's just another kind of nick. It's another little swipe at a little sliver of what ESPN's got. Now, ESPN didn't have WWUSA did, but just another live event. And once Netflix and Amazon and Google get their toes wet, there's going to be more, there's going to be more. It's going to happen. Jeez, it's going to happen. Okay. I wanted to get that in. That's my 10 minute rant about the big new deal with Netflix and WWE. Okay. Now let's move to the NFL playoffs. As I said last week, most important, probably the most fun watching weekend of the NFL with these four games. I'll go through them each. You know, the Baltimore-Houston game, for half, it was a close game, and then it pulled away. You know, the two games on Saturday, the, the number one seed showed some rust, obviously for different reasons, maybe the weather in San Francisco. The number one seed was not all that in the first half. The upstart seven seed or six seed or whatever it was with Houston and the Packers were there, right there. The difference is in the first game Baltimore pulled away. Baltimore's like enough of that. Okay? Houston, your cute story with CJ Stroud, okay? Enough of that. Houston's banged up. They didn't have their um, they didn't have Tank Dell for the last part of the season that really showed up. They only had one receiver. They were an inferior team to the Ravens. We don't know how good the Ravens are cuz they got a nice draw with Houston. We'll see what happens with the Ravens in Kansas City. Okay, my Packers, Uh, I I am still shaking my head. They should have won the game. It was their game. And that's saying something, right? The mighty 49ers at home were outplayed by this upstart Packers team that was left for dead before Thanksgiving. That loss to Tommy DeVito. That had all these issues. That team is playing as good as anyone and should have won the game. But alas, should have, would have. They didn't. The Packers didn't close the deal. So many ways they could have put that game away. Two pick sixes in their hands, no. Stopping a few plays here and there. Miss field goal. But, of course, San Francisco missed one, too. And then you go back and forth, San Francisco, without Debo. Uh, the weather helped the Packers because they were slipping and sliding more on the San Francisco side than on the Packers side. Kudos to the Packers' equipment staff. They seem to outplay the equipment staff from the 49ers. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they did lose. And I don't know what's going on with the 49ers. It just, they didn't look smooth. They didn't look sharp. They couldn't get to Jordan Love, this vaunted defensive line where Nick Bosa got a $50 million signing bonus and is being blocked by this third round or whatever he is, fourth round rookie from last year, Zach Tom. 49ers did not impress. The Packers did. The Packers are going to be that team next year that I was going to send like the Lions did this year. Everyone's going to talk about it, including, of course, myself. So I'm left with a bad taste with the Packers in that they didn't win, and it's a heartbreaking loss because they should have won, and that's the way it was two years ago with the San Francisco game at Lambeau where there was a block punt, and that's the way it was in – A lot of these recent playoff losses, the worst of which was the championship game in 2015 at Seattle, where they should have won easily and somehow lost that game. And somehow they lost the Giants in there. And somehow they lost the Cardinals in there. And somehow all these games, the 49ers a couple times with Kaepernick, just frustrating. But this time was no expectations. This time with the Packers, there was no expectations. There was no expectation you are playing with house money, as were the, the uh, Houston Texans. Both playing with house money exceeded expectations. Now, on the one hand, you say that. But on the other hand, you know, nothing's guaranteed here. Every year, it's a different group. You don't know what injury is going to happen next year, if Jordan Love can stay healthy like he did this year. So, yeah, you always say, can say, oh, yeah, they'll be better next year, and it's another year, and they're ascending young team, which they clearly are. I always talk about the Packers being the best U25 team in history. But you never know. So that's why as a Packer fan, my boys and I were like, shoulda had it, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Okay, Sunday, the Lions. Here's my comment on the Lions. I feel so good for these Lions fans because sports can reward. It really can, because what sports does is it's frustrating for these long-suffering fans with sports, because you put your heart and soul into it, and you get let down, and you have little to cheer about and little to bond about in your community, and it's frustrating. But every now and then it rewards. That's the Lions this year. They're rewarding those two playoff games at home, one louder than the next. They actually played a harder team in the first round, the Rams, than they played in the second round, the Bucks. And that crowd did obviously make a difference. Sometimes you don't know if it makes a difference. It can turn against you if you're not playing well, but it made a difference. So I feel for Lions fans. They've been rewarded. They've been long suffering. It's time. So kudos. I know some Lions fans. I'm happy for you. That's what sports can do. As to the team itself, a couple notes. Jared Goff kind of (laughs) given up on by a team he brought to the Super Bowl in the Rams. Traded for Stafford, and they, the Rams actually threw in—I'm sorry—the Rams actually threw in another draft pick just for the Lions to take on that salary. He's good. He's good. You know, he's a good quarterback. He's someone you can rely on. Now, he may go out and throw three interceptions to the 49ers and have to have a terrible game. And yeah, you know, we'd expect him to be worse on the road than he has been in, in Lions State in Lions Dome. But I'm impressed with Jared Goff. Jared, you know, someone like somewhat like Aaron from the same area. Just someone that he's got this California cool. And I know people can get frustrated because it seems like a hangdog look with him when things are going to bad, but he's got that ability. These California kids like him and Aaron and Jordan Love, you know, he's got that ability to just sort of stay really calm when the bullets are flying. And not get too high or too low and his facial expression after a bad interception or a good touchdown is kind of the same. I admire that. And I kind of want that in a quarterback. I don't care about the fiery quarterback, right? I want the guy that's going to be the same guy, good or bad, that can really be a leader. And I'm seeing that in Jared Goff. I like him. And the coach. I've been hard on the coach because a lot of this capping and spitting gum and red face screamer. I don't like those kind of coaches, but I'm now very impressed. I'm going to become a forever fan of this Dan Campbell, not because of what I see on the sideline. I don't know if he's a good coach X's and O's, but he seems like a leader. These guys are really bought in listening to interviews with coaches, the coaches, even <laughs> Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson and listening to player interviews with golf, with this, um, uh, Frank Ragnow with Aaron Hutchinson. Or, um, it's like, wow, you know, there's something about this Dan Campbell. Like guys buy in. And they're saying he's the best leader. You know, it reminds me of a quote, and I don't know who it's from. Maybe it's Oprah or Maya Angelo or something. It's not what you say. It's how you make people feel. Dan Campbell makes people feel the right way. You know, there's something there. And you can only ride emotion so much in sports, but they're riding it right now. As to their game against the Niners, I have no idea. The Niners could have, you know, gotten their bad out of the way against the Packers, who, again, should have won the game and will play lights out and blow out the Lions. But who knows? I mean, the Lions, the way the 49ers played without Debo, and even if he's there, he's probably not going to be fully healthy. I mean, they just look average. And the quarterback, listen, Purdy, uh, is he playing better than anyone could have expected at the bottom of the seventh round? Of course he is. Is he playing like a high first rounder? No. (laughs) Okay. So let's just be realistic about him. It's not that he's bad. Not bad at all. He's very good. And he's vastly exceeded expectations. But he's not an MVP candidate. Come on. Let's just be clear about Brock Purdy. Very good. Way beyond expectations for a seventh rounder. Way below expectations for a first rounder. It's just not there. Maybe it will be in the next game. We'll see. Okay, last game, Bills-Chiefs. I mean, what can you say? Another classic, and I'm watching it just wondering how high the number's going to go in terms of ratings for CBS, and, of course, CBS – Sends out the email like Fox does, like ESPN does every week. They're breaking new records. This one got me. I predicted this game might do 45 million forty-five million viewers. Did 50. 50 million viewers watch this. The most watched event on television since the Super Bowl. Right? And Which was, what, uh, 50 weeks, 48 weeks ago. So, <laughs> I mean, I knew it. You know, you had Mahomes and you had this matchup kind of scripted for, for, and it was a great game. It went back and forth and Mahomes won. You know, I don't put this on Josh Allen. It's like some people, Josh Allen, Jesus, he put that ball to Diggs right there. He didn't have the the throw at the end to Shakir, but he was bumped. That's, you know, the game of inches right there. Uh, I feel for Bills, but... It really shouldn't have been that close with Hardman fumbling on the two yard line. Come on. I mean, the chiefs, what are you doing? Just run the ball in from the two, give it to this guy who already fumbled on a jet sweep. Come on. Andy Reed, you can do better than that. Anyway, can't put the chiefs away. They'll be there. Uh, be a big classic with Baltimore um, 50 million. And then of course, If the game wasn't good enough you saw what was going on in that box that box i I need a documentary about that box you had taylor swift you had mahomes wife you had of course jason kelsey you had mama kelsey you had jason's wife kaylee and all these people that who knows who they were but it probably some interesting eclectic mix and there was some stuff going on in that box And Kelsey's screaming and got the shirt off and going in and out of the crowd. And, you know, I think the the, the funniest remark I heard was in that box was America's sweetheart and Taylor Swift. Okay, so, you know, think about Taylor. I don't I mean, maybe it was the first time she met Jason. Maybe not. But like, hey, that could be your (laughs) brother-in-law. Look at that guy. And I think she got to see the good Jason too, beyond the screaming and the drunken drunkenness. I mean, he's a sweetheart. Uh, everything I hear from him is pure class, smart, honest, genuine, authentic. I'm all in on Jason Kelsey, but Taylor, wow, what a box. And that only added, of course, that only added to the mystique of that game. And yeah, 50 million. Think about that. 50 million, 50 million people. The NFL, of course, king of programming and no one's even close. Okay. A word about coaching and GM changes. There's some going on as of this recording. It looks like we have a new GM in Oakland, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Sorry. Along with the new coach, who's the same as the old coach Antonio Pierce. They import the GM from the division rival Chargers. His name is Tom Telesco. He was out. In L.A., he's in in Las Vegas. Quick move for him. Harbaugh to the Chargers, we'll see a lot of rumors there. Belichick to the Falcons, we'll see a lot of rumors there. Second interview, but they're interviewing a bunch of other people. Um, Here's the point. You know, fans and media don't know what's really going on, and the media is fed by these agents. And these agents for coaches, I always say they change their name to League sources this time of year. They're just feeding stuff. They don't know the inner workings from the teams. They're trying to help their guy. They don't care about the teams. You know, to wit, there has been a coach hire, I think it's official, Brian Callahan, the new coach of the Tennessee Titans. I haven't heard much about Brian Callahan, right? We heard about all these other guys out there because I guess their agents are putting out more than Brian Callahan's agent. So Brian Callahan, you got a quiet and uh, secure agent. And he's now with the Titans. The one thing is Belichick. I, you know, this is interesting because what if there's really no team for Bill Belichick? You know, we hear about Bill Belichick to have his pick of all these teams. Well, maybe not. I mean, you would think the Falcons after two interviews, by the way, what, what do you need to ask Bill Belichick a second time? Really? Bill Belichick, you need a second interview. But then we hear about all these other interviews in Atlanta. So, Yeah, Bill Belichick may not have an option. Sometimes we think there's all these options for these great names, but they're not. To wit, Aaron Rodgers. You know, based on everything we could tell, no other team, no other GM, no other coach, no one else reaching out, just the New York Jets. The Packers are moving on from Aaron Rodgers a year ago, and they only had one team interested. One team interested in Aaron Rodgers. Now the Patriots are moving on from Bill Belichick and maybe one team. We haven't heard anything about other teams. I mean, maybe the Chargers had some interest, but they've moved on. So this is interesting to me that Bill Belichick has no interest out there. Just like Aaron Rodgers, beyond the Jets, had no interest. The Saints weren't after Aaron Rodgers, right? The uh the uh las vegas wasn't after aaron rogers just amazing washington wasn't after Aaron rogers but that's the way it is sometimes don't believe everything you hear know that these agents are moving they don't care about teams they care about their clients and they want to push them out there okay last thing in the nba we just learned that the milwaukee bucks have moved on from their head coach adrian griffin after 43 games, where his record was 30 and 13. When that happens, people, there's a backstory. And we don't know what the backstory is, but now we start to hear some rumors. Rumor being that Giannis, the great Giannis, did not want Nick Nurse to be the coach of the Bucks. Nick Nurse went on to the Sixers. Sixers are doing quite well under Nick Nurse. But he wanted Griffin. But I guess management to sort of shadow this new coach with an old experience coach hired terry stotts as kind of associate head coach stotts before the season decided eh, i don't want this something's not good here so stotts leaves before the season the bucks somehow are doing well 30 and 13 second in the east during conference behind the celtics just ahead of the sixers But no, he's not going to be in, right? But we're moving on from Griffin. And now there's rumors about Doc Rivers, who is an experienced, seasoned, grizzled coach. If you wanted a seasoned, grizzled coach, get him. But this is Giannis. So this is where we are with the NBA, even for a sweetheart like Giannis. If your superstar doesn't want the old experienced grizzled coach like Nick Nurse or Terry Stotts or Doc Rivers back then. You go to who he wants. So now we know some of the backstory that Giannis, who has escaped any kind of criticism in this regard, wanted Griffin. Griffin's not working. Whatever metrics they're using, right? The win-loss is, is seems like he's doing pretty good. But management has decided to move on despite Giannis' preference for Griffin. And they're going to go back to what they wanted in the first place and thinking, I guess, that they should have overruled Giannis and gone with Nick Nurse. They're not going to get Nick Nurse now, but maybe they get Nick Nurse's, the guy Nick Nurse replaced in Doc Rivers. So I think it's interesting. It's back to the leverage point in basketball It's so different than football. No one can do what they do in basketball and football. Not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady, not Pat Mahomes, nobody, okay? So NBA superstars, they want out. They want their coach. You know, how many coaches has LeBron gone through? How many players has LeBron brought in and out? This is what you have to do. So an NBA superstar has more leverage than an NFL superstar quarterback. It's just where we are, and this latest thing proves it, although this is a story of the Milwaukee Bucks management overruling their superstar despite success from his preferred coach. All right, guys, I'm going to get into this. Let me give a final word on Sports Illustrated. I don't know what to say because I don't know much. I, like everyone out there, is lamenting the fact that it's a denigration of the brand, that this is what I grew up with. I grew up waiting for that mailman every Thursday afternoon to get my Sports Illustrated, to read it cover to cover, to put it in my room, to have stacks of them. I loved it. It was my thing growing up like so many kids who love sports. It was the way to see those, those, uh, those covers. Uh, people ask me what was my favorite cover. I don't know which what just struck to mind, sprung to mind was one where Sidney Moncrief playing for Arkansas about to hit a big dunk. I don't know if for some reason that just stuck in my mind. But yeah, Sports Illustrated is my youth, my adulthood, etc and then 10 years ago 11 years ago while i'm writing for espn i get a call from peter king who was a longtime face of sports illustrated that was starting a microsite called the mmqb and putting a band together and asked me to join the band i had to ask espn could i leave your writing and go to your biggest competitor sports illustrated still do tv for you and they let me because they realized the power of that brand would would amplify me, would amplify them, et cetera. So I've been writing for them since 2013, and I'm the last of the Mohicans with the MMQB. Peter's gone. Jenny Brentress is gone. Um, all, of, all of them are gone. Um, Albert Brewer came in a couple of years later. He's obviously still with, with uh, Sports Illustrated MMQB. Am I? I think, I guess I am. No one's called me, you know, No one's told me what's going on, so I assume I'm supposed to keep writing. I'll find out more. But listen, it's not good. But I've been holding on to this legacy brand in my writing. I've been approached by other outlets to write for them. I don't know what I'll do. You know, if if Sports Illustrated goes away, maybe I'll leave Sports Illustrated. I don't know. But yes, like everyone, I'm saddened by what's happening with Sports Illustrated by what happened to the show that I was on with ESPN for so many years outside the lines, by what happened with real sports. It's a sad part of sports media right now. I can't just scream in the wind about it like people. I just think it's just sad. People don't want smart stuff. I don't, yeah. Uh, Again, I can't complain about it. People do read my stuff. People do like stuff. So I can't say that people don't want to be informed and educated and learn and read smart stuff. But the legacy brands, it's it's a pattern. So I'll know more about Sports Illustrated next week. I'll probably tell you about it then. But I wanted to get that in. All right. I am always writing. Every Sunday it comes out, the Sunday 7. Just go to andrew-brandt.com. You'll find me there and I'll give more insights there than I do at Sports Illustrated. Although Sports Illustrated, I'll get into something a little deeper. And of course, my Sports Business League, if you want to hear me every day at uh, sportsbusinessleague.com. Twitter, of course, Instagram at andrewbrandt2 and podcast. This is the one I hope you share with a friend. I hope you enjoy it. hope you give us a good rating. Always appreciate those. Those help us out. And really, uh, I appreciate you for listening to this. I have a really strong and steady audience, and I hope it informs, entertains, uh, gives you, makes you smarter about sports than you were before you started listening. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks to Jack Connell. Thanks to Sam Brandt, my musical producer. Thanks to you for listening. I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.